right, y'all, we're back. I wanted to squeeze in one more solo cast for uh, before the end of the year. You might be listening to this in the beginning of the new year or later on, way later on. Um, yeah, really felt that the solo cast that I dropped was a hammer. And even though it was all over the place, I feel like I tied up the threads together. Maybe not in a neat bow, but in a bow nonetheless. And I've had some feedback from people, and I've also had a little bit of more clarity come through. And so I wanted to leave you guys with a little bit more further thoughts on everything going on in the world. And because of it's a day after Christmas as I'm recording this, um, because of just experiencing Christmas and all the mixed bag that that is, <laughs> corporate holiday, um, you know, which is the story of Jesus' uh, birth, which is also the, the story of solstice and the sun rising and pagan holidays and all that good shit. Um, yeah, we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into Dune, which is the story of the Christ, the story of Neo and the Matrix, uh, which has been retold and retold and retold throughout history. Uh, lots of good stuff to chop up here and and just like the previous solo cast it will be a bit scattered but i do have notes to keep me on track so i can say what i need to say and i will refer to quite a bit of awesome stuff for you guys to check out that way um you know you can further rabbit hole yourself and in good just as well as not so good um there'll be plenty for you guys to chew on here to get your new year started off right and also, I'll be talking about my immersive at the end of this thing. I got to write that. There we go. Got that. Just taking a note for myself. Let me put that there so I don't miss that on the notes. Real quick, we are brought to you by my sponsors. These sponsors who sponsor this show are what make this show possible. And they are fantastic. I handpick every single one of these. And if it's not me going out and searching for them, I have a team that, that I've known for, I've been working with for the last four, three or four years. And they know what I want. They can guess, just like my wife can for Christmas, exactly what I want, and they run it by me. And some get turned down, but most of them we say yes to because uh, the team selects some really dope stuff. We're brought to you today by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is really one of my favorite new sponsors. They're doing a ton of cool shit for health and really tracking what's going on inside your body. They give you a home delivery kit for your DNA results and they show up at your house to draw blood. Super convenient. With that, you get a snapshot of where your health is in the immediate and you get the long term. This is what your genetics show. Remember, I've told people many times on this podcast, uh, I have the genetics for type 2 diabetes and obesity. Those will never express. Genetics are, are not the nail in the coffin on how your body expresses. Epigenetics are that. Lifestyle, decisions, choices, free will is how you determine what you end up with. And, um, but it's good to know, right? It's good to know that because, of, because I have the predisposition for obesity and type 2 diabetes, it's quite likely that I do better with a little bit less carbohydrate. And I could figure that out by just doing a ketogenic diet and feeling great or just doing a relatively low-carb diet, which I haven't been in ketosis for some time. I will be coming back to that down the road. But I, I get to know all that through genetics. I get to know what inf where my inflammation is at, where my hemoglobin A1C is at, which is a, a broader-term snapshot of my carbohydrate tolerance. I get to see all this stuff, and I can do that with Inside Tracker. And then what's even better is these guys link their app with any other fitness app, like Aura Ring, Whoop Watch, Fitbit, 
and they track things. They track your goals. So if I say, uh, I want to get better in my metabolic fitness, how do I accomplish that without just waiting three months or four months for the next blood work? There's a number of recommendations that they'll give me in the app, and then I can check those boxes off by completing that. That might be 30 minutes of cardio three days a week. It might be lifting weights more often. It might be doing yoga or meditating more. And all of these things are found right here in Inside Tracker. It is one of the coolest apps, and because it is so personal, I mean, really, health is a personal journey. Um, it truly is. There's no one-size-fits-all diet. There's no one-size-fits-all workout program. There's no one-size-fits-all approach to recovery. I don't recover super well. That showed up in my genetics as well, which is likely why I've leaned on things like Kelly Sturette's mobility and ice baths since I was playing college football at Arizona State. Those have been paramount. Massage is really good for me as well. Glutathione, really good for me as well. And a lot of other people, even if you're a fast recoverer, because fast recovery guys tend to push it even harder. But check it all out, insidetracker.com slash KKP. For a limited time, you're going to get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. That is phenomenal. Just go to insidetracker.com backslash KKP and enter the code word KKP at checkout. Uh, many of you are going to be taking a deep dive into your health at the beginning of this year. I'd be very damn surprised if, if uh, people listening to this podcast throughout the last several years have not already been on that track, right? This is just one extra tool. It's a phenomenal way to really get clear and, and zero in on peaking, becoming the best version of yourself you've ever been before. We're also brought to you by EatonHemp.com. Seeds versus hearts. Think white rice versus brown rice. Super seeds are hemp hearts before they have the shell removed. The super seeds simply keep the outer shell on the seed, which adds the crunch, fiber, and loads of micronutrients such as zinc, iron, and magnesium. Eaton Hemp is a farmer-owned hemp portfolio company out of upstate New York, focusing on using all the powerful benefits of hemp to create superfood products. They offer delicious and nutritious farm-to-table, certified USDA organic hemp food products, including toasted hemp seeds and hemp hearts, and a number of other snacks that are phenomenal that are made with their hemp. Their products are a tasty addition to just about anything, including smoothies, salads, or your favorite healthy recipe. Not only do they boost the flavor, but they add a protein and fiber punch, omega-3 boost, and are loaded with all the micronutrients we just spoke of. Eaton Hemp stems from the first farm licensed to grow hemp in New York State in over 80 years. As a brand, they focus on using every part of the hemp plant. Their goal is that nothing goes to waste. They'll soon be launching products using every bit of the plant. Stay tuned. USDA certified organic is super important, especially when it comes to hemp. Hemp is a phytoremediation plant, so it sucks up whatever is in the soil. And this includes the good and the bad. Eaton Hemp is proudly USDA-certified organic and third-party lab-tested, so you can rest assured it is grown in the finest soil, free of toxins, pesticides, and heavy metals, and free of glyphosate, a big one we've been talking about for many years. Uh, I absolutely love this stuff. It's, it's got, if you're a fan of fiber, I know some people aren't, the carnivore listeners, but if you are a fan of fiber, also, you know, uh, lo and behold, <laughs> inside tracker. I do really well with some fiber in my diet. It's likely why I broke out in rashes every time I've done carnivore. Again, to each his own. I know many people that do great on carnivore, but my body likes fiber. My body likes hemp. Right. Check it all you out. Can check it all out at EdenHemp.com. That's E-A-T-O-N-H-E-M-P.com and use discount code KINGSBOO for 20% off your entire order. We're also brought to you by Lucy. Um, look, we're all adults here, and I know some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. 
Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company that makes nicotine gum, lozenges, and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way to consume their nicotine. It's a new year. Why not start it out by switching to a new nicotine product that you can feel good about? I absolutely love these guys. I, I mean, I truly love it anywhere. It's, it's fantastic on flights. A lot of people... Um, want to dip and they've, uh, they've banned that for whatever reason. I mean, I guess they don't want people spitting in cups and shit like that, but, uh, you can use this on the flight. You can use this in the gym. You can literally use it anywhere. And it's so effective. It is nicotine is truly nature's gift to us as a nootropic. It fits in the same receptor sites as acetylcholine in the brain. Pretty much every nootropic on the planet is trying to increase acetylcholine, and they do that by giving you more choline, oftentimes alpha-GPC or citicholine, and then they add in another component that upregulates that choline into acetylcholine. This is because uh, a few factors. I think acetylcholine is only available by prescription, and it's pretty unstable. So they just give you all the raw ingredients to increase that. Well, guess what? Nicotine fits into the same receptors. Think of a skeleton key or a master key that can fit into every acetylcholine receptor in the brain. Why is that important? This is responsible for memory, language recall. Um, and plus, look, nicotine does release some dopamine in the body. And as Dr. Andrew Huberman says, and I'm not saying he's a fan of nicotine, but as he stated on Rogan's podcast, as well as mine and Aubrey Marcus's, when you learn something new, if there's a dopamine response, you will hold it better. Meaning, retention of the information that is new is increased when dopamine is involved. Think about that. If you enjoy an activity as a kid, how much more does that stick, right? When the dopamine's there, that activity is going to stick and you're going to remember it. Some of our most greatest memories are memorable because of the joy factor. And that's just your own natural chemical stew kicking in feel-good neurochemistry. Now we can upregulate that as adults. And it feels fantastic. It helps us focus. It's a great way. It's one of those, you know, uh, adaptogenic almost in that it is calming and relaxing as well as stimulating. And, uh, you know, as I've mentioned before, Rob Wolf given his talks to, I think, the Navy SEALs on the best forms of nicotine uh, or best ways to consume tobacco, he said that nicotine in and of itself is not an issue. And when it comes to some of the men and women, you know, doing missions in the middle of the night, they're slamming a Red Bull, which will keep you up for five, six hours versus having nicotine. Nicotine is a clear winner. And again, I'm not putting words in their mouths. That's paraphrasing. But I just want to say this is one of the, the greatest supplements I have added to my arsenal. Check it all out. Lucy.co. L-U-C-Y dot C-O and enter promo code K-K-P. Last but not least, we are brought to you by UpgradedFormulas.com. I had the CEO and founder, Barton Scott, on the show. Uh, probably going to run it back with him first quarter 2022. Uh, just want to take a deeper dive into the family's results and everything like that. One of the things that I mentioned with our hair mineral analysis, which they do, is that Bear and I had super high levels of aluminum. And my son's six years old. Um... He's never had an injection. He's never, we never cooked with aluminum pans. Uh, I don't even think we used tinfoil, really. So I'm, I'm, it's like very curious to me. And then of course I had Dane Wigington on the podcast. Check that episode out or watch The Dimming on YouTube. And it becomes clear as night and day why we have high levels of aluminum and why it's important to do metal detoxes. Never would have known that or been able to confirm that without upgraded formulas, hair mineral analysis in addition to testing for heavy metals. They test for all sorts 
of minerals and how your body's responding to them. Do you have high levels or low levels? Remember, blood work is a snapshot. This is more of a long-term in looking at how your body's responding to supplement intake. Alongside with that, you're gonna see certain critical balancing factors. If you have too much copper, it throws down zinc. They use the same receptor sites. You have too much zinc, it throws down copper. Both are critical. And it's critical to get these in the right relationship when you supplement with them. A lot of people around cold season are just slamming zinc lozenges and completely depleting copper. Upgraded formulas make some of the best supplements on the planet and they're very inexpensive. They use nanotechnology too, not the bad nanotech. They use nano size uh, particles for their minerals to give you the smallest version of that mineral. That way it gets into the cell easiest, increasing bioavailability. You can check it all out and learn more at upgradedformulas.com and you'll save 15% on your first purchase with code KKP15 at checkout. That's KKP15 at checkout. All right, here we go. Thank you for listening to, to the sponsors. These guys really do make it possible. I got a lot I want to chew on here. And, you know, I as much as I want to shift this, I had, I had a clear feeling like... Uh, <laughs> Whenever I drop knowledge on things that are, what's the right word? I want to say grim, but it's not grim. Grim grim means there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's always fucking light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but when they're darker, right, I always want to balance that as best I can. And I'm reminded of a podcast. I think it was the first podcast, The Return of David Icke to London Real with Brian Rose. Uh, which was March or April of 2020, that really set the stage uh, for me. I mean, David's been saying this stuff for 30 years, but this became um, just so obvious and so undeniable that what he had been talking about was true, that it was frightening, frightening to the point of like, fuck, this guy's right. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. And it's a global problem. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned on the solo cast, that required me <laughs> the full death process, right? I had to, I had the, the idea of the world I believed I was in died and that required grief, anger, sadness, all of the processing of the five stages of loss in that and to come through that. And, and I think I mentioned on the podcast, you know, the more I held on to that fear, the more that fear physically expressed with dis ease in my body, which was my lower back going out for the first time in my entire life. Um, thankfully, I'm back. I'm not as strong as I was, but, you know, back squatted 365 for a triple the other day, pulled 405 for 10 the other day on deadlifts. I'm feeling good. So, and it, and it didn't take, you know, yoga and weightlifting helped, but it took me actually releasing fear. So the goal is not to seed fear. The goal is to seed a mental awareness that allows us to come to terms with reality as it stands. And from there, with the processing of grief, we can step into a new mode of thinking, a new mode of awareness that allows us to successfully guide ourselves into the new world and into the great awakening, not into the new world order or the great reset. As my brother JP Steers has said, these guys are playing cards with their hands face up. They're, they're literally writing books. Bill Gates has a book. Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum has a book. It is the playbook of what we see transpiring. And I'm going to dive into that deeper here as I get to old Klausy Klaus. 
But back to David Icke, he's coming on January 10th, so he may be the first or second, he'll probably be the second podcast. He might even be the third, I don't know, but he will be early, he's going to be released in January. And so Ike was, uh, I'm gearing up for him, I'm pumped, he's a bucket list guest. And I have a lot of questions for him. I want you guys to write me questions, because you'll hear this before him. Any questions you want me to ask David Icke, please write me, you can DM us on Instagram, at livingwiththekingsburys. You can hit me up on Zion. Uh, Kyle Kingsbury is my community page. Or you can hit me up through the Fit for Service Academy app with any questions you have from, from Mr. Ike. One of the things that I thought was not a fail, but could have reached more, right? And what I mean by reach is I sent that podcast to a lot of people, including my father, who's well aware of everything now. But at the time, he stopped it 30 minutes in. It was too much. The sky is falling. It was too dark. And he didn't make it to the end. You know, like 80% of that podcast was, this is what's happening in the world and it sucks balls. The last 20% was, this is the nature of consciousness. You are unconditional love. You are God. You are not separate from God. Every journey I've had this year has confirmed that. I'm going to dive into those journeys as well, which you may be like, yeah, oh, this guy's talking to fucking pie in the sky, 5-MeO, DMT. No, 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 no. It is a personal experience. Is it, is it is an N equals one. And it's backed up by damn near every Eastern <laughs> mystic for the last 6,000 years plus. So my experience is that we are one. It's not nothing new. It's not heretical. It's only heretical to a Western mind that's been indoctrinated by a God with a white beard who sits outside of ourselves. It's not heretical to anyone in the East. It's... Um, and, and look, that, that's my own experience. I don't expect anyone to take my word for it. My goal is that as we awaken to the world as it is mentally, we awaken to the world as it is spiritually. And we come to remember, and all that's all it is, a remembering that we are one with everything. We are interconnected, interbeing, and ultimately, we're literally one being. And it's easier for people to think of us as like the microbiome of the earth or cells of a larger organism. That's all fine too. Just as we have a significant number of bacteria in our body that help us think, feel, and operate. You know, it's not just Kyle Kingsbury coming up with this stuff. It's my microbiome. And we have a certain number of atoms and, and everything else going on energetically on the quantum level that form the, the meat suit that I have on. We're both things, right? We are spirit in form, and we are form in spirit. As Steiner said, we connect heaven and earth. We are the antenna that bridges the two. So with Ike in mind, he, he drops knowledge far better spoken than what I just did, far better by the end of this podcast. And it was so good, it brought me to tears. And I thought, this guy's fucking on Eckhart Tolle's level. He's as good, he understands source and can explain it as good as any spiritual master I've ever heard. Why was 80% of this so hard to listen to? And that's because the truth hurts. And if you're not ready for it, it is shocking. I dropped two quotes. Let me see if I can backtrack here. Two quotes on the Red Pill solo cast. All right, this is, this is one of my favorite. I think Paul Check sent me these. So this is the framework I'm speaking of. But I say, I say that because, you know, the re before I dive into this quote and move on from David, um, I'm going to direct him. And this podcast right now, I want to direct this geared at least 50-50. Like, let me try my best. It may not turn out that way, but that's my goal, 
is the shoot for 50-50. Uh, so it's not super off-putting. So people can say, you know what, there was all that nice stuff he said too. Let me, I'm going to lean on that. We need a light at the end of the tunnel. We need something to hold on to where we have confidence in a knowing that things work out for the best. And then it's not going to be Auschwitz that it's not going to be an open-air prison system surrounding the globe, that it is going to be the Great Awakening. It is going to be a return to a greater degree of knowledge, a greater degree of wisdom, and a greater degree of kindness and interbeing. All right, from my friend Victoria Reynolds. Quote, we are in the midst of a great awakening. This is the greatest awakening humanity has ever seen. It is a global movement upward in consciousness, and it is spreading. It is a collective ascension of the human mind, heart, body, and spirit. There are two kinds of awakening happening concurrently. One is a spiritual awakening, a heart awakening. That is, waking up to the knowing that there is more to our human experience than just being in physical form. And that there is more to the spiritual experience than just religion and its boxes of belief. It is seeing the human experience through the eyes of love. The other is a mind awakening. It is becoming aware of the bigger game that is being played by greed. And it's seeing the inhumanity by those at the very top and their need for control by whatever means necessary. The Great Awakening is all about waking up from the deep sleep of fear and darkness. It is seeing how the minds and hearts of all living kind have unconsciously been living in fear disguised as love. It is waking up the human mind and heart to new and better possibilities. Some people have experienced their spiritual awakening and are raising their levels of spiritual consciousness to higher vibrations of loving and out of reality based in fear. Some people have become awake and aware of the greed and corruption controlling our planet and the human experience and breaking through the veil of deception. Some, a sliver of humanity, are both spiritually awake and mentally aware. Combining both is not an easy process as it takes time to wipe the sleep from our eyes, minds, and hearts. Spiritual awakening requires processing our old stories and digging through our pain to heal our past. Mental awareness requires having an open mind and a willingness to see beyond the veil. And I'll add, grieving process. I'll definitely add that. Once awake and the sleep mask is removed, it's next to impossible to go back to sleep. The world is seen with entirely new eyes of understanding, and we begin to transcend the old world. With awakening to love and understanding, creating an entirely new world now becomes possible. This is it. I mean, I literally could not have put that better myself, so I'm I'm not. I'm going to read somebody else's thing because it's that good. And um, that paints a very clear picture of what I see going on. I don't know the end of this game, but I know that this is is the, the fork in the road that we're at. And it's, it's quite easy to paint things in black and white. We know that's not the case. Uh, we know it's not either or. If we've been paying attention, it's typically both and. God uses that language in psychedelic experience as well as in the book Conversations with God with Neil Donald Walsh, volumes one through three. Fantastic. A little cheesy on Audible, but still worth it. Um, It's also the language that Paul Levy uses in The Quantum Revelation. Fantastic book. So let me give you guys some homework here. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. just dropped a book, The Real Anthony Fauci. Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. It's three bucks on Kindle. 
20 for the hardcover. It's also on Audible. Check that one out. I got it on the way. I haven't read it yet, but many, many close friends have, have really gone into detail on what it's all about, and I'm very happy with RFK for, for putting this out. Dr. Joe Mercola, he wrote um, The Truth Behind COVID-19. I have read that, cover to cover. Phenomenal, also on Audible. Battle Him, H-Y-M-N. Now, these, these are where we get really juicy. Battle Him is a book that, that was written in 2011, so 10 years ago. And it paints every conspiracy, you know, from, so I think starting with Abraham Lincoln all the way up through JFK and to 9-11 and uh, 2008, and it just breaks it down. It breaks it down so matter-of-factly with so many great sources of information that, that it will truly blow your mind. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for those of us who are stressed out and worried about the fate of whatever. It's for those that are ready to, to sit on that. You could be worried about that, but you have to be able to process this stuff. And I, and please review, um, you know, this, this last solo cast, because I'm not going to go back over that, how we process you know, digest, process, and eliminate this information is super important. Don't listen at night. Don't read at night before you go to bed. It's like having a, a shitty meal before you go to sleep. Also, there's a book called Behold a Pale Horse. Now, this was written in the 90s by former military from the Navy, I believe, who was later killed after this was published. And again, this flows right in line with Battle Him. This is connecting many, many dots here. It's a big one. Um, I have been told that the 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 book itself, the paperback, was edited after his death. There is a, um, uh, what is it? It's not audible, but there is an audio version of that, which I will link to in the show notes for free, which is unedited. But either way, you know, dope cover art. This guy knew exactly what time it was. A lot of people have said we're in World War III right now. And, you know, the, China gets brought up and Russia and all this other stuff. And it's like, yeah, maybe. Remember, this is... um. And I don't say maybe on World War III. I say maybe on having some enemy to point our finger at. When you understand what David Icke is saying, when you understand what these people are pointing to um, around any of the events, whether they be 2008 housing or 9-11 or long prior to that, you come to understand that there are members, it's not our entire government, but there are members within each government, within each intelligence community, that contribute to a greater plan and contribute. And obviously there's, there's, you know, secret societies and, and special groups like Bilderberg. And, you know, they really dive into this in battle him council of foreign affairs that's pushing for a one world government. Uh, they talk about this in the documentary thrive with um, what's his name. I forget my buddy Kyle Tierman's stepdad and his mom. Ah. I forget, but check it out, thriveon.com for that one. We linked to it last time. Um, that's a very good documentary to watch that breaks it down. But the point being, this information has been out there. And more and more as we go through this uh, exercise and awakening, we come to see, like, the writing's been on the wall. It has been here. It is available. And the longer we go down this road, the clearer and more plain it is to see, like night and day. Cameras on every stoplight. All of them. In every neighborhood light, like my own, smart grid cities are being built out. I'm going to cover a lot of this with David, but I just want you to know, like this, I wouldn't be talking about this stuff if I didn't see it staring me in the face at every turn. 
in the movie Plandemic Indoctrination, the second film that's 90 minutes long, the must-watch. The first one, sure, watch it, great. It's more of a teaser trailer for the second. Watch the second one, plandemicseries.com. They, t- they did, they exposed what Event 201 was. And Event 201 was a rehearsal with every major player. It was funded by the Gates Foundation. Johnson & Johnson were there. Uh, Johns Hopkins was there. There was a number of people that have had very prominent roles over the last year and a half that have profited immensely. Billions. BBB billions. Okay? Throughout the last year and a half. Surprised Jeff Bezos wasn't there. Um, And look, everything they said came to fruition. To the fucking T. Okay? And you could say, well, you know, that's... No, 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 no. It's to the T. So, So, again, if we use the hindsight as foresight, what is this cyber attack that Klaus Schwab keeps talking about? There's many theories on that. Could be, you know, your bank account gets lost, whatever. That's, that's backed up, supposedly. A lot of people say the grid's going to go. Now, I'm going to ask Ike about this as well. What makes the most sense to depopulate the world, to bring civil unrest if their plans are failing? So, again, let me reiterate. The plan is... And if you understand the end game, you can track this back. That's a message from Ike, Kastronoth, and Fitz, uh, Allison McDowell, a lot of people in the game that got their heads screwed on. The transhumanist movement and a one-world government with a centralized bank digital currency, right? Central bank digital currency, a cryptocurrency, which can be used in real time to block people from making certain transactions. Social credit, which is being used in China. As Ike says, you want to look to the future of the West, look to the East already going on in China. And, and there is, it's not black and white there. There is a total gray market there where people still live somewhat freely under the radar illegally. And that may, that may be the case that some of that needs to happen around the world. Vaclav Havel talks about that in Power for the Powerless, an excellent short book. I think I mentioned that last go around. Um, this cyber attack likely could be the grid going down. And look, you know, uh, I mentioned this before on Doomsday. I've mentioned this a lot of podcasts since we had the snowpocalypse, the man-made snowpocalypse here in Austin, that having a, a doomsday pantry, an apocalypse pantry, is common sense at this point. They just outlawed generators in California because of fucking climate change? Come on, son. Really? No. Come on, uh, gas, all gas lawn equipment. I mean, that just put millions of, of um, migrants out of work. That put a lot of people are going to have to mow their own lawn with an, with an electric one. Is that the end of the world? No, I've got an electric mower. I've got an electric weed trimmer. Um, but that's going to affect a lot of people. Now, not having a generator, is that a big deal? You bet you. Power goes out and you, you, it's illegal to run a generator. I don't think, you know, cops are going to come around policing people with the power out. But you can see how some of this begins to look nefarious. Um, point is, we're not going to get hung up on generators, but if the writing's on the wall, at every step they do something like that, you're like, of course generators should be illegal. Of course you should be flagged on Facebook for learning how to can and store your own food. You get flagged on that. Um, <clears throat> all right, so World War III is a war of the mind. That's really what it boils down to. It is happening, whether we like it or not. It will not last forever. There is a push to achieve this by the year 2030, which means over the next few years, if you were to ask yourself, knowing that there's a big push for this all to be accomplished by 2030, does it get better 
or is there a systematic approach to make things worse over the next few years so that more and more people fall into compliance and the non-compliant more and more get weeded out of the equation? I'll let you answer that for yourself. And again, that's that. <laughs> I'm pointing to darkness on that, but not if we prepare, okay? It is wise to have extra water. It is wise to have a bunch of dry food like um, big-ass bags of organic rice, canned stuff, beans, tuna. It is wise to know your farmers, and it's wise to know your farmers for multiple reasons, right? Like I want to be on a first-name basis with people I buy my cow from because I want to know that that cow lived the best life possible, that they were regenerating the land, which is helping whatever climate change is possible. They're sequestering carbon. It's a closed-loop cycle. And, of course, as I mentioned in the last podcast, Rob Wolf, Diane Rogers, Sacred Cow documentary, Sacred Cow book, it's in there. The Soil Will Save Us, it's in there. Um, it's all over the place. Like, that, that makes sense that nature harmonizes itself and balances out itself. And when you don't have cows on a feedlot, it turns out that is actually really beneficial for the planet. So buying, voting with your dollar and buying grass-fed, grass-finished is a really good idea. All right, know your farmers. You don't have to grow your own food, but you better know the people that do. We also, you know, uh, more writing on the wall. There's been plenty of suppressed interventions that work. Ivermectin works, hydroxychloroquine and zinc work. Um, billions have made profit from this, right? I think I forget the numbers, but it was pretty insane. I think that it was maybe half a billion in the first. I got, I got to pull that up. All right, I'm not going to give the numbers on Amazon, but look it up. <laughs> look up. Look up Amazon profit for the last year. And this, of course, is just to point out that the, there's a greater wealth sweep from the middle class to the 1%. This happened in 2008. That's why it was by design. Dune, dune, dune. All right, this is where we start jumping around a little bit. I watched, I've seen Dune three times so far. Uh, if you're not into sci-fi, this might not be your thing. But if you love The Matrix Part 1, if you love Star Wars, I mean, this is my opinion, Dune is what Star Wars should have been. And clearly, um, you know, they were paying it, they were tracking some similar things, right? The arc of the hero's journey. Um, the Christ story. The, the, the one who becomes fully realized in and of himself or herself and is able to do great miracles. And what I take from that, you know, uh, there's a guy named Eric Dubay who's a flat earther. He's on YouTube. He gets taken down a lot. But he's got an excellent video I'll link to in the show notes on spirituality, just on the teachings of the East and on Christ and what that story is and why it's been told throughout history from uh, Sumeria to ancient Egypt and then onward recently and why it's shown through our movies why it's shown over and over again on repeat because it is, it is a calling card for us to realize the path that we're on. And that may not be accomplished in any one single life, but that is the path. It's the path to enacting and activating and remembering the highest version of ourself possible. Now, uh, Jamie Wheel brought up a great a great uh, version of why what's being called of us is different than what was being called of us in the past. In the past, we had the one Messiah. And now, it's, it's kind of like the Lord of the Rings. We can't let any one single person hold it because what happens to that person? Get killed over and over again. So, it is that we all hold 
the Ark of the Covenant. It's that we all hold the gnosis that we are one. And it's that we all live to the standard of the Christ, of the Buddha. And if we can cultivate that, that's when the miracle happens because it's not in any one person's hands, which, uh, you know, I don't think any of these one people holding the ring. In Lord of the Rings, it was a big deal, but <laughs> I don't think anybody holding that level of knowledge of Godhead has, uh, has done wrong. But in order for it to stick, in order for us to up-level and move in consciousness as a species in a planet, I think this is the requirement. And that's a new age shit, and it's in not new age shit. I just, just my opinion. I had a, I had a psych, my last psychedelic journey of the year. And this was um, a unique combination. Cannabis in a very low dose, because I'm a lightweight, but very low dose cannabis. So how do I measure that? Drawing a puff in my mouth like mapacho and inhaling twice. That's it. So not taking a bong rip, not ripping a, a vape bag, just drawn from a dube, one puff in the mouth, pull it in, exhale, and another puff. And then ketamine lozenges. Now, depending where you're at in the world, both of these can be prescribed. Or cannabis is legal and you can easily get a ketamine prescription. Ketamine lozenge was a, a, a bit higher than most. There was 300 milligram lozenges. I had two. Now, that's a whopper. But I have a lot of experience with ketamine and I'm not frightened from it. Those two in combination took me straight to the Godhead, which is really what I've been, what I've been working with over the last year. So remember, Solstice a year ago, I was up shit creek without a paddle. That was the dark night of the soul. It lasted 17 days. It would not turn off. 5-MeO DMT did not turn off. I was told beforehand that it, um, reactivations can occur. And I thought, awesome. I've never had a bad experience with this. Never had a challenging moment with this. If I fully emerge back into the oneness of God and unconditional love before I go to bed at night, sign me up. I'm in. I did not know <laughs> that I could have a dark hellhole journey on 5-MeO, which was really just feeling like I was trapped in darkness for eternity, that I was stuck, that there was a glitch in the system and that I couldn't move on, that this would be where I would last forever. Um, feeling that for an hour, which was eternity inside an hour, again, time doesn't exist if you go far enough, back to the center of the one, it ended, and I thought, fuck, man, that was tough. I ate some food, and I went home. And then when I went to bed, it reactivated. That kept happening. And sometimes I would surrender to it, and I'd be on a six-hour hell journey. And I went through all sorts of shit. And I do talk about that on a podcast I did a year ago. But to come to where I'm at this year, I had a journey in August, which the whole purpose and intention of that journey was to heal my relationship with plant medicine. And there were many reasons for that, but the cliff notes of it is, I saw, I've seen my son and my daughter in plant medicine journeys prior to their arrival. Both of them gave me their names. Both of them told me their gender. Take that for what you will. They pre-selected those things and they pre-selected my wife and I as parents. And I got to have communication with them. And I had, with my daughter, I had communication with her for four years. She didn't come quick. Bear came a month after that journey. Wolf took four years. So there was a lot of, what do you need from me as a father to get you to say yes to coming. And of course, divine timing is going to work out the way it's supposed to work. That's what makes it divine timing. She came, her name's Wolf. She came on a full moon on the 4th of July. Now, <laughs> I'm not the glory, glory, hallelujah. I'm not that dude. But there's a lot of good things 
about this country, and we are likely going to live through the end of nation states. There's an excellent article on that. I think we linked to it last time. I'll throw it back in if we did. If we did not, um, Jose, please remind me, and we'll throw it in for this one. The end of nation states. Fantastic article on how cryptocurrency is going to change that. But I'm not, I'm not Mr. Patriot, and at the same time, having been to third world countries and been around the world, there is so much to be thankful for in this country. There is no fucking doubt. And did we start? Is there a, a horrific past to it? Fuck yeah. You can't go through learning anything about Native Americans without understanding the truth and saying like, holy shit. And black history. And black history that runs currently. And Native American history that runs currently. Anybody that goes to a reservation now and sees um, the quality of life or lack thereof on a reservation will come to some really deep and dark truths about the nation of the, the, the history of this nation. And at the same time, simultaneously and paradoxically, there are a fuck ton of gifts that this country has birthed and that we live in. I do not want to let some of those go. Some of those freedoms are worth dying for. Some of the abilities that we have cultivated here, that our founding forefathers cultivated here, Whatever happens in the future, even if we go, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I'm going to talk about Conversations with God here, which is a fantastic book, but all this is linking up through this, this journey. Um, conversations with God. He, God demands a one-world government by any means necessary. And I'm like, whoa, any means necessary? No, 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 no. There was rumors that Zach Bush was going to, uh, had, had taken money from Bill Gates. And part of me was like, what the fuck? And another part, now it's not, this isn't true. This isn't true. Zach verified it's not true. So whatever you read, it's not true. Zach's one of the good guys. He understands soil health better than anybody. And um, I promise I'll circle back to psychedelics. <laughs> Zach understands the health of the soil. And how counter to that is the Bill Gates mission, who owns Monsanto, a large amount of Monsanto, and covering the planet in herbicides and pesticides that are killing off so many, 70% of our insects are gone. Okay, soil quality is so, it's been ripped of the organic matter. The organic matter in healthy, untouched soil is 8%. Most big agriculture sites, it's 0.5%. That's a massive problem. When people um, like Joel Salatine, the last time he was on Rogan's, when people like him say, if one in 10 people do not become farmers, our last, our last organic food will run out in 80 years. That's not a climate change, end of the world guy. That's a guy who's got his hands in the soil, who knows exactly what time it is. He's a genius. He's a guy who knows. Zach Bush is a guy who knows. So if he was to team up with one of the, the, the supervillains, for lack of a better world, uh, word, that, that, would, that would raise, that'd be a hair-raising issue. Um, but thankfully, that's not the case. Motherfucker. I totally lost my train of thought on fucking why I was looping in gates to him. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, just, let's just circle back to the latest psychedelic journey. And you can leave this in. I've been doing that a lot lately. Maybe it's the aluminum in my brain. Last psychedelic journey, cannabis and ketamine. I, I reached the Godhead, and it was the alchemy. So, again, August, I healed my relationship to plant medicines. You got the why on that. I want to have that as a divination tool. It's shown me the future multiple times, and it's allowed me to prepare myself for that. I wanted that tool back. I got it back. I healed that relationship. And it was done um, 
not in the fullness of the Godhead. It was done in a way where I could get my, my compass back and my, I could steer the trip. One of the greatest tools, the, the words do not encompass this, but one of the, the understandings that was imprinted upon me in August was, if the psychedelic journey is big enough, it is beyond words. We have at least five bodies. We have a physical body, a mental body, an emotional body, an astral body, an etheric body. Steiner talks about this. To only try to encapsulate or understand an experience through the mental body, that is a sin. That is missing the mark, which sin means. To let go of what the mind interprets as true or false within that experience requires surrender. And it requires the skills we learn in meditation. So shout out to Emily Fletcher and Ziva Meditation. This changed my life. It is how I come to a quiet, still mind and allow what is happening to transpire within that journey that grants me peace. It allows me to see without attaching to darkness and without fear of being stuck somewhere forever. Once I embodied that, I was able to fully move through fear. I was able to fully move through the experience. And that has stuck with me throughout the journeys that I've had this year. With that, when I'm in a place of peace and um, equanimity, that's when the downloads start. There's no downloads or understanding and increase in awareness uh, in a state of fear. There's only fear. And fear begets more fear, as Ted Decker and Paul Selig so intelligently state. From that space with the downloads, I was able to alchemize quite a bit. And then this last journey, because I had just been listening to my brother Matthias Stefano with Aubrey Marcus, we will link to this in the show notes. It's fantastic. One of the shows that changed my life was a show Paul Check recommended on Gaia called Initiation. Now, the show goes through the first nine dimensions of consciousness. Those are the first nine episodes, and I can recommend those to everybody. After that, we dive into Atlantis and all sorts of other goodies that may or may not be your cup of tea, and that's fine. I haven't watched them all either. But the first nine, there is important an understanding of the way consciousness works and the way the God matrix has been set up. They're as, as important as anything I've ever, any piece of media I've ever consumed on that. And like Aubrey, uh, a lot of my psychedelic journeys have pointed to these truths as Matthias states them. A big part of the last two years is alchemizing, the alchemy of duality. And as Matthias states in this podcast, many of us are trying to circle back to unity. Like we want to go back to unity. We want to go back. We want to understand we are one and then move towards that. Some even think that this place is evil. This is something I disagree with, David Icon. I do not think this is a setup from um, the devil, that we're all fucked here, and that this is just a, a factory for our misery. No, my life has been too good. And I've gone through a lot of shit to make it good, which makes it even better, because you can't understand the good without the bad. How do I know what hot is without cold? This is duality 101. So what this journey with ketamine and cannabis allowed me to do was sink and surrender back to the center in which there is only one being and that every, all of this is Maya. All of this is a thought process of God. The fingertip of God is where I and all these, all of you listening right now are operating. We're at the tip of the finger of God. And on the scale of eternity, when you really grasp eternity, it's one of the most soul-crushing events of your life because you realize nothing you do now matters. And paradoxically, as the tip, as the fingertip of God, everything you do matters. We, 
as God godding itself are what apply meaning to the existence of God in disguise as individuals. Without that, God cannot know itself. Every great spiritual teacher has discussed this. It's hot on my mind because I'm working my way through Paul Cech's new book. I will withhold the title and withhold as much information from that as I can, even though I'm paraphrasing some of it, um, just due to the fact that this book will change the fucking world. How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy is the Bible of health and wellness. And this, this is going to shatter so many misnomers and misconceptions about what God actually is. And it's going to be one we've got to reread. I've reread some of these chapters three times just to have a, a decent understanding. This is a book that I've read, How Do You Move Me Healthy? 12 times, and that's easy to understand. Some of this is harder to understand, but the point being, duality is a necessary component of life, without which we cannot know ourselves, without which there is only one. So this is a divine game. And, and if you need help in understanding that truth with a capital T, beauty with a capital B, God with a capital G are all synonyms. When you see beauty in the world, you are seeing God. When you when you hear the truth or recognize the truth, you are recognizing God. And all it takes is going outside with a level of awareness and appreciation for what you see to really grasp that. Start a garden. You will understand beauty. You will understand truth. You will understand God in that garden. And the more we can return to the memory of those things, the better. Um, this oscillating back and forth in this journey allowed me to go to the center where nothing matters, it's all mine, and then move back out to the fingertip and say, oh, it does matter. I create meaning, and this is fucking rad. And it also allowed me to go back to the uncertainty, right? Within the womb, within the center, who fucking cares what happens? We're here for the blink of an eye. The blink of an eye, an instant. And over the course of eternity, there's been an infinite number of peaks and valleys. There's been an infinite number of the light winning and then the dark winning. There's been an infinite number of these things. But if we look to recent history, I don't want to live through World War II. I want to learn from World War II and not bring it to that. I want to unite polarity, as Aubrey Marcus, united polarity. What is that? That's the recognition in and of ourselves that we are allowed to have differences and we should celebrate that even if they go against some of our core beliefs and core values of life, as long as there is do no harm held within those beliefs, if someone, if a dude wants to get fucked in the ass, be my guest. That's low-hanging fruit in my opinion. It's something I could never understand. Why do you give a shit who has sex with, how they have sex or who they have sex, as long as they're consenting adults? Go for it. That has nothing to do with me. It has absolutely nothing to do with me. Why is that a problem for so many people? And a lot of people you listening right now are going to disagree with that statement, and that's fine. I can be in a state of allowing you to disagree with that and not need to change your mind. And that is the alchemy of uniting polarity. It doesn't mean we move back into unity, though. To do that ends the game, and the game is dope. And the game is hard and challenging. It's the hardest thing, the... the the most challenging, the, the worst experience, and par paradoxically, it's the single greatest thing ever invented. Um, and most importantly, as David Hawkins says, when you become enlightened, you realize that God is. On every other level other than that, uh, if you are an angry person, God is vengeful. 
If you are a joyous person, God is love. If you move all the way up the ladder, though, to enlightenment, God simply is. And it is all the things. We are all the things. The sooner we come to terms with that, the easier it gets to move on. And if we can grasp some direction to where we want to steer the ship with do no harm in mind, do no harm to ourselves, do no harm to another, do no harm to this planet, then we can slowly climb the ladder. Actually, rapidly. All right, as talked about in conversations with God, God as one and God as multiple. Both are true. Paradoxically, there is only one soul, God says in conversations with God, and there is an infinite number of souls. We talked a bit about time as now and eternity. Now is the antidote to eternity. So if anybody goes on a deep journey and understands eternity and is completely fucking wrecked from it, the book, um, The End of Your World by Adyashanti, you may not be able to listen to it immediately, but it is a fantastic expose of that very moment. It is understanding yourself as one and realizing the fallacy of everything you've held to be true. And it can help you. It's a doorway out. It's a great one. Um, but the now, the eternal now, 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 now is the moment. And in any moment, we have a choice to make. In any moment, we have a we can apply our meaning to the moment. This is important because we will have very hard decisions to make if things are to progress the way that they, they seem to be. All right, here's the last. The reason I bring up polarity is because this is the biggest download that I've had from that. It's been something I've really been chewing on and it continues to show up for me through synchronicity. If polarity is true, in order for a problem, the moment a problem is recognized, so we recognize we are hurting the earth, whether that means you're stating it's the animals or some bullshit like that. I mean, hey, there's, a many, there's many fallacies or cribda, crooked truth. We can bend that narrative to meet the global narrative, the one world government narrative. And that's, that's a misnomer. But the truth is we are living through a mass extinction. We are seeing upheaval within nature. Does that mean seas rise five feet? I don't know. I don't know about that. Have we gone through global warming and global uh, cooling? Ice ages in our past. Yeah, ice, the 400,000 years of ice cores show that. Four times over the last 400,000 years, we've gone through a global warming followed by a global cooling, another ice age. Uh, did we have cars and beef and all that then? Well, we had fucking big animals, that's for sure. So, anywho, polarity. The moment a problem exists, a solution must, by the law of polarity, already exist. The second we recognize a problem, at least one solution, a true solution, capital T, true solution exists in order for polarity to be true. And it is. So, when you rest upon that knowing, when you lean into that, you will find the solution. And with that, it will show up through synchronicity. It will show up through one of the ways, uh, many, many, it could show up through anything really, but it's going to show up in ways in which you can see clearly and recognize the aha, the, oh yeah, that's undeniable. That's not coincidence. That is synchronicity. And that has been the thing, the guiding light behind the major world issues that I see and that a lot of my friends see is me resting in that space 
the moment I see the fucking pandemonium within the world, I can rest in the assuredness that the solution is already there. I talked about Event 201 because of the cyber attack that Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum are stating is going to happen within the next year to year and a half. Uh, write it down. It's going to happen. It will happen. There's, I have zero doubt about that. I don't know where the world ends up, but I have zero doubt the this cyber attack will take place. We don't know what that's going to look like. It likely will crack, continue to crash the American dollar even further. It likely will drive people out of business. It likely will require some survival skills. This is why you have a doomsday closet. This is why you prep. This is why you have cold weather attire. Even if, you don't, even if you've got a heater at home, you still have warm clothes and extra blankets. Um, I don't think this is going to require people, you know, somehow returning to the land and living in nature. The best thing you can do is have a home base or a fort that you build out that can supply six months or a year's worth of food. Will it stay that way? No. There is no chance. And the reason for that is you look to the end game and you retrace the steps. If there's a push to transhumanism or humanity becoming the Borg, man's merging with superintelligent AI, which in a way we're already there. We're there with our laptops and our cell phones, our smartphones. If we're to rest on that fact that this is one of the major driving factors and that a technocracy inherently only works with technology, it only works with electrical being up, it only works with the internet being up, it only works with 5G towers and uh, cameras on every light. The police state, 1984, only happens when you have that degree of Big Brother watching you. So to say that goes away permanently, I don't think happens by their choosing. Can they shut down a grid for a short period of time and cause mayhem? Fuck yeah. Will they? Possibly. Probably. Uh, that seems to be the most disastrous cyber attack out of all the cyber attacks that could happen. Um, like I said, you know, pulling all the pennies out of the, out of the, um, the middle class's bank accounts, supposedly that's all backed up to 250 grand. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, could be. And could be, you know, the, the case where, you know, people, more people lose their jobs, more people are relying on getting by and surviving and then begging for universal basic income and a one world cryptocurrency to come in, centralized bank cryptocurrency, digital currency. Um, just know, like this, this path is laid out and it's not just me talking about it. There's videos with Klaus Schwab. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link to a great video. So again, here we go again. I've spent a lot of time talking dark shit. <laughs> I'm going to link to a very good video. It may not stand on, on YouTube, but it's phenomenal. There's a three-part series. It's fantastic. It talks about one of the ways we get through this. It is called How to Overthrow Governments, The Color Revolution Formula, Final Message Part 3. Link to in the show notes here. There's three parts to this. What this entails is, is exactly how it unfolds in another phenomenal pro prophetic book known as the Fifth Sacred Thing by Starhawk. Audible Amazon. Link to that one in the show notes, please, Jose. Um, this is a great book. It's a spiritual book. The Fifth Sacred Thing is spirit, so of course it's going to be spiritual. Um, it's very practical. It talks about a lot of things, a lot of things that we have questions mark around today. Sexuality is one of them. Parenting is one of them. Um, community, organic eating versus not. Uh, 
a, a medical monopoly, which is what happens when you say yes to a vax pass. That is what happens. That is what is happening now. Thankfully, the, the, the plan is not going according to plan. There is upheaval in every country where that takes place. Some are doing it well, some, are, some could be doing it better, and that's really what this video illuminates is how you do that well. Starhawk in the Fifth Sacred Thing illuminates how you do that well. Nonviolent noncompliance is the key. Doesn't mean I'm not stocking up on ammo and things like that. If the grid goes down and anarchy ensues for a short period of time, it is wise to be able to protect what is yours. It is wise to be able to protect your family members who cannot protect themselves. I have a one and a six-year-old. I got to protect my kids. That is a wise decision. Because if cell phones are down, who are you going to call? And I'm not talking Ghostbusters. You cannot get a hold of the cops. You cannot get a hold of the fire department. You better have some skills and ability to protect yourself and protect those around you. And it's a good idea. You know, it's about when, like I said this before on multiple podcasts, having the doomsday call, uh, closet prepped when we had the snowpocalypse, I had eight friends and kids stay with me for a week. We ate like kings every single day. Now our power didn't go out because we're we're the, the the we're close to the airport and that's you know that grid didn't get shut down. Some people close to hospitals and fire stations didn't get shut down. Had we, we would have been fine. And we had enough food, we got propane, we had a generator, we had a lot of things that would have kept us afloat. In that experience, you know, is it hard having eight extra people stay in a 2,500 square foot house? Yeah, it's not easy being around those people, but when you're in that situation when it's survival, when you're providing for other people, that's fucking medicine. That's what lights your fire to be alive. That's what rekindles community. And in that experience, you realize that this is what we're designed to do. We have individuated for so long. We have moved past what is appropriate. Just as Douglas Murray puts out in Madness of Crowds, the gay rights, this is a gay man, the gay rights movement, the feminist movement, all of these movements in large part have won, but have not taken their foot off the gas pedal. And when we look at individuation, was that important to know ourselves? Yes. But have we gone past what is necessary? Yes. The idea of a nuclear family where parents raise kids is, goes against indigenous wisdom from all cultures, not just North American, Native Americans. Many indigenous people know better. In Conversations with God, book three, he points that out. Child rearers were not designed to be child raisers. One of the examples is that a nine, between nine and 13, kids start being able to create kids. It's pretty obvious at that point that that kid who's pregnant is not old enough to raise a kid. But for some reason, we think in your 20s or 30s, you are. You are not. I am not. That is not how it's designed. When you are an elder and you can no longer have kids, that is the appropriate age to raise the kids. And it takes a village is not just a cool cliche. It is how it worked. A village of elders who had softened raised the kids. And a lot of aunties and uncles. And the parents were still allowed to find themselves in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, before becoming the elders who raised the kids. I don't think we go back to that, but we have to start to alchemize some of that. 
I think inherently as consciousness evolves, anything that re- is a repeat of the past is null. There's no way. We recognize something in ourselves and we're like, nope, we've done this before. We can't do it that way. It doesn't mean we can't take the best of the past and apply it to the future. Just as uh, I mentioned, you know, wanting to be in a community to my sister and living off grid and she jokingly pointed out the fact that I'm going to be churning butter and living like the Amish. Um, Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Technology, a gun is technology and I own guns. So you know where my stance is on that. Uh, How you use it is more important than what the thing actually does. You can be electrocuted to death. It doesn't mean electricity is bad. With that, technology isn't bad. Are cameras bad? No, video cameras are dope. I've got plenty of videos of my kids that I never, you know, I don't have any of that of me when I was a kid. I've got that of my kids and be able to watch those kids. Um, throwing them on every streetlight to police people, is that inherently bad? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, but if humanity's still at a stage where McCarthyism and the Salem witch trials can be invoked, the same concept of tell on your neighbor in Los Angeles that the mayor was begging people to do, telling people to do, you will be rewarded for ratting on people for not following social distancing or wearing their mask. That is the Salem witch trials. When people are in government that are of that consciousness, is it then cool to have a police state? Is it then cool to have cameras on every streetlight? Fuck no. That's a given. So we must simultaneously elevate the consciousness of the planet, heal the planet, and let go of us versus them. Let go of our differences and do no harm. The, the continued drive to move things a certain direction, it may go there. I've, the Hopi prophecy shows two groups going off in different directions. That may be the case. In Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, whose father was a eugenicist and a technocracy proponent, and brother was the same. He had, uh, Aldous had his psychedelic experiences and saw things differently, so he wanted to lay an expose of where this was headed. And he showed the savages, which were uh, some laughable alchemy of who remained not living in the modern world, and then the modern world, the Brave New World. And he pointed out many of the things that, that would be accomplished with the Brave New World. That book, is not a, it's not one of my favorites, but it does show the two paths pretty plainly. It may end up like that, or it may not be black and white. It may be some amalgamation of others. Hopi prophecy may come to fruition, or it may not. I don't know. Um, when we, you know, along the path of our own alchemy is, first and foremost, recognizing we're already immortal. There are things that are worse than death, though, and that's what makes fighting for, for, for freedom so important. Um, that said, let's let go of the fear of death. What does that take? That, that takes becoming, coming to a place where you have done enough for yourself and done enough for those around you where hoka hay becomes real. Hoka hay is today is a good day to die. If I can say that and actually mean it, then I've lived a good life. I'm prepared to meet my maker. I'm prepared for the return home. And it's my job to be prepared. It's my job to come to that place. But I don't fear death. And if we can come to a place of not fearing death or understanding, as Czech says, the warrior archetype, find something in the world that is worth dying for because of his love for the world, because of her love for the world. If we can come to that place, freedom, I put pretty damn high up there, 
and I think we, I think you should too, um, that becomes worth fighting for and it becomes worth dying for. When we come to that place where we release the fear of death, true freedom emerges. The illusion of safety and health, which is comical, um, by doing X, Y, and Z from the medical industry, that illusion is a fallacy. That illusion is based in fear of death. And it is based in a misdirection of what health actually is. Remember, it took so much backlash for Anthony Fauci to finally say, of course, take vitamin D3. Of course, take zinc. Of course, do this. Of course, of course, get good sleep. It took him months, six months before he came out and said that. While all of us in health and wellness were scratching our heads saying, why isn't a fucking single person in the government talking about what makes us healthy? Because the plan all along was to push the agenda and the agenda did not include people getting healthy. It's not about a vaccine. It's not about a booster shot. It's about health passports. It's about social credit. It's about control. All right. I think I covered that in the last one, but just in case you needed a recap, this idea of the Christ is the idea of the resurrected self. And you talk about this brilliantly in the Immortality Key by Brian Marusku. And one of the things they state, which is an old adage, to die before you die allows you to truly live. And this was, uh, as Aubrey did in The Darkness, he's got his documentary out right now um, on The Darkness, so you can watch it for free, I think. Uh, We'll link to that in the show notes. This was a journey that many people took that required no medicine, completely legal. To go into a cave for a week and emerge. To have extended periods of fasting, Jesus, Buddha, 40 days, 40 nights, um, that's metaphorical, I, I believe. I don't think they did 40 nights in a desert with no food, no water, or anything like that. I think you'd die at that point, but who knows? This, we're, we're talking about <laughs> these enlightened individuals. Maybe that's what it took. But fasting works uh, and has forever. Darkness works and has forever. And plant medicines work with the right uh, container, the right set and setting, and the right practitioners guiding you through that experience. When you enter that, And these have been done literally for thousands of years. They dive into it in Immortality Key. The purpose of that initiation is so that you may die. The ego self may die and you may be reborn anew. It's it's, uh, the solstice, sun hanging low for three days and re-emerging up higher in the sky. The return of the sun. It is the Easter story, which is springtime. The spring equinox, the return of life, which was the new year for many cultures for many thousands of years, appropriately. It is that within each of ourselves, and that is, in my opinion, a requirement. It's not a requirement that you do any of the descriptions that I've talked of, but it is a requirement to know thyself. It's what we're doing, guiding ourselves at this fingertip. And these practices that have gone on for thousands and thousands of years are there for a reason. Holotropic breathwork, another fantastic one. Completely legal. Use a dope practitioner to guide you through that. And what happens there? Ebenezer Scrooge and a Christmas Carol. <laughs> I love this story. There's a funny, you know, I'm not, I'm not even going to link to it, but there is a funny YouTube video on, did Ebenezer Scrooge smoke DMT? Why is that? Let's see, he went to bed at night and he came across three ghosts. The ghosts of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, the ghost of Christmas future. 
And what happened to Scrooge as he emerged? He was resurrected. He was a completely different person. He loved life. He shared sacred economics. Charles Eisenstein, he shared his wealth because he knew that everyone was him. He became one with all. And in that, he saw what the future held if he did not become that person. This is the ghost of Christmas future. The White House, many of you have seen this. Uh, J.P. Sears did a funny video uh, mocking them. Aubrey Marcus had a brilliant post on Instagram. If you're not following him, check it out. Again, with United Polarity in mind. But the White House, basically, if you haven't heard yet, stated, we wish you all a Merry Christmas, all the vaccinated health and happiness. And for all of the unvaxxed, <laughs> that you were going to, you'll have a season of death and clogging our hospitals and basically ruining the planet. Since then, they've taken it down. But you can watch this on J.P. Sears' video. We'll link to that in the show notes. This isn't make-believe. There's been many times where I've scratched my head, and I'm like, is, are we living in fucking bizarro world? Um, for, for those of you that aren't familiar with Seinfeld or old Superman comics, Superman traveled to a place where there was a bizarro world where it was a mere image but inverted of his world. And within that, there was a Superman who was a super dick. He was a super idiot, and he was a supervillain. And it was just the inverted version. Like, it feels sometimes like we're in an inverted version of reality. And maybe that, maybe there's some truth into what David Icke's saying because of that. But it's a head-scratcher that anyone would wish that upon another person. When Howard Stern said, I wish death upon all the unvaccinated, that's, man, that's a lot. I wish death upon... No one. I don't wish death for Bill Gates or, or anybody who I think is, 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 has the potential and the power to ruin the game board, the, the, the plane we all exist in. No, I don't wish death upon them. Do I wish an awakening? Yeah. Um, but not death. To wish death upon people who are choosing, their, they have their reasons for choosing that, right? Like that, It's mind-blowing. Now, that's Howard Stern. He's a public figure, right? So that's where I was like, holy shit, dude. The level of indoctrination is massive. That somebody who, now Howard's notoriously known for saying off-the-wall shit, but this takes the cake by far. He's never wished death on anyone before. Not to that degree with the weight of the world where it's at right now. That is, that takes the cake without question. That's Howard Stern, though. When our government does that, if that's not the red flag that gets you to say, wait a minute, what the fuck is going on here? Like, if that doesn't at least jar you enough, no matter which side of the coin that you're on, I have, and I've got, look, I've got friends and family members that took uh, bull shots in the boosters. I have friends and family members that believe that that's the healthiest thing they could do, not just for little old ladies and kids who can't get it, but for themselves, they believe that was the healthiest thing they could do. That's okay. I don't need to change their mind. But don't wish death upon the other person, right? Now, look at this from the top-down government that we're experiencing right now. This is mind-blowing to see the powers that be. Again, they're playing cards with their hands face up. That that would be what, they, what, what their stance is. It's absurd. It is absolutely absurd that a government would say that to its own people. Understand what the weight of that is, okay? And again, he, united polarity is the alchemy. It doesn't mean we move back into unity. 
That's impossible at this point without a collapse. Who knows? Maybe the universe, we're in the great expansion and then we have the great contraction and then a new one's born and that happens an infinite number of times. I don't know. Um, it's not going to happen in our lifetime though. And, and we, we would likely have scientists telling us that everything's moving closer and closer together, not further and further apart, whether they're true or not. So I don't think that's going to happen, but we're not moving back into unity just yet. We move beyond that. We alchemize polarity and alchemy of the situation we're in requires us to not need to care what their stance is on X, Y, and Z. So long as we don't push that in the face of another, right? Your views on God may be so far from mine. They may be atheist. They may be Catholic. They may be um, uh, fucking fill in the blank, right? That's okay. As long as we're not hurting one another, do no harm. As long as we can follow that, then we can live in harmony. I've been to hella countries where people had completely varying degrees. I've been in some places where there's, like the United States, large population of people that all believe different things. And there was cohesiveness. They bonded on the things they did get along with. They bonded on the things that they, they celebrated their similarities. Right? We must move beyond this, this, the consciousness of this, us versus them consciousness. Because we will always find the them. And at the same time, with illumination, we can point to some of the puppet masters and the people that are trying to orchestrate an us versus them. Last time we went over the health, last four doctors you'll ever need, the importance of food sovereignty, why we eat organic and biodynamic food. Food is thy medicine. Let medicine be thy food and food be thy medicine. It's number one, but it is just one of the four doctors. So check that out. Paul check last four doctors you'll ever need. Financial sovereignty, tax-free wealth, great book to read. Understand that. Dive into cryptocurrency. Law, study the commonwealth. Commonwealth law is super important. I'm going to have another, I had Jesse Elder on the podcast. Re-listen to that one. Uh, He offers education online. And I'm getting another commonwealth expert on the podcast that really works with commonwealth in mind towards people who have lost their jobs for not getting the jab and and many others. or you just may see the writing on the wall and know that this isn't for you. Working at this corporation isn't working for you or uh, for any reason whatsoever, but work-related. And I think that's a big fit because I continue to get questions about that and fit for service as well as on social media. Commonwealth Law. Uh, there is a great book called Word Magic by Pao Cheng, I think. I hope I got that right. Um, we'll link to that in the show notes. Education. Education is a big one. I'm going, if you don't recognize where I'm going through, financial, law, education, health, and food. The, the, the big five we're talking about here, and I think I'm missing one more, but, you know, one thing the pandemic, pandemic has pointed out to us is that we, our fragility as a society, as a global network, in the control of a few, that for, we're very fragile in that. Massive supply chain shortages are happening right now on purpose. It's deliberate. It's manufactured supply chain issues. Ice Age Farmer on YouTube has been, been, he called this out months and months before we started seeing these backups. I talked about in the last one. I tried to get a desk from Ashley's Furniture, and they sold it to me. And then uh, I went home. A month went by, and I called them asking for it, and they said my delivery date was one year to the date. 
it's un, unacceptable. Thankfully, I'll give my money back. But this is what we're dealing with, with man, manufactured supply chain shortages. Cost of building a home with standard building materials has doubled. This is a big deal, but we're seeing cracks in the system. And again, if you follow the thread, the law of polarity, that the second a problem is witnessed, the solution, likely multiple solutions, already exist in tandem. In order for the problem to be there, the solution must exist due to the law of polarity. We can go through every one of these things where there's cracks in the armor and we can poke holes in it or we can say, hey, all right, if this is off, what's on? If this is wrong, what's right? What is the path to walk? And last but not least is education. If, you're, if you've left your kid in public school and you think it's totally cool for them to wear masks and their teacher to wear masks and for them to get uh, the, therm- the thermometer every single day, if you think that's fine, you're likely you haven't made it this far in the podcast. Some of you are doing that because you believe there's no other option. You know it's wrong, but you believe, I just can't do it. There's no other way. And, and there is. There is always a way. I know a lot of people that pull their kids out of school in California. There are home, you may not be able to homeschool your kids yourself, but there are homeschool co-ops in which a small group of kids goes to different parents at different intervals at different times of the week, and you are able to share the responsibilities of homeschooling with parents that actually want to stay home and have the ability to stay home and help parent and help teach your kids and help educate your kids. When I had um, Dr. Thomas Cowan, who was absolutely brilliant, and I love him, when I had him on the podcast, we talked about kids. We talked about the book Deschooling Society by Ivan Illich. It is a phenomenal expose of what public education is. It's, it's an indoctrination program, and it's been used to form a legal caste system internationally. And he goes into just how that happens. I don't know, you know, spoiler alert, small book. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Dig into that. One of the things Tom and Thomas Cowan recommended was he talked about if Steph Curry were to do a shooting seminar, if he announced that on Twitter, how many people do you think would show up? And I said, everyone and your mom. And he said, great. Do you think there'd be any disciplinary issues? And I said, fuck no. It's Steph Curry teaching a shooting seminar. And then he said, if there was a kid who was not going along and being disruptive, what do you think would happen to him? And I was like, I don't know. And he said, they'd probably get his ass beat. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I mean, I would have been, that would have been me beating his ass if I was in school and somebody was interfering with something I wanted to learn. If you go long enough, if there's enough draw to your kid's education, it eliminates all disciplinary issues. In addition to that, guess what else it eliminates? Damn near med- every medical issue we see in kids, every overprescription. Uh, does a kid have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder when he's learning something he wants to learn? No. That doesn't exist. If there is buy-in, with 100% buy-in, all disciplinary issues fall. An example he gave was a friend of his who had um, taught in Steiner's education in Waldorf and had pulled herself out of that system, which is a brilliant system because she realized there were some pitfalls there too. Prior to maybe right around the pandemic and a lot of the uh, Waldorf schools started agreeing they're going to follow CDC guidelines. Why we, pull, why we pulled Bear out of Austin, Waldorf. She works with four kids, a couple 10-year-olds, an 11 and a 12-year-old. None of them knew how to read when they went to her. I'll repeat that. None of them knew how to read when they went to her, but all of them, when they went to her, wanted to know how to read, and they all wanted to learn specific things. Within two years of working with her, 
not only did they all read and write well, all of them were taking college-level courses in the things that they wanted to learn. When they were now 14 and 12. Understand that. When there's 100% buy-in, kids are brilliant. If we can stop with the comparative model, the individuated model of all kids should be at this level, all kids should be at that level. I was watching a TED Talk. Um, I think I had him on the podcast a few years ago when I was on it, of a guy who was walking around stage. He was a baseball player in college, a brilliant thinker. And he, you know, I think five minutes into his talk, he's like, I bet looking at me right now, you wouldn't think that I didn't walk until I was two years old. He didn't walk until he was two years old. He was pointing out one of the fallacies in comparing children to one another. He didn't need to walk until he was two. He went on to play baseball at a high level, division one. If we allow our kids to grow at their own pace, if we allow, and there's many things from Steiner that I want to apply here that are super important in education. Having kids, it's, it's, there's a reason I'm diving into this a little bit more than the rest. I think we've covered health well. I don't have the financial and the law background that I'd like, but that's why I'm going to bring on more experts to uncover that for myself and for you. Um, but I do understand education, and education needs to be immersive. It needs to be done at stages, and it does need to be slowed down. Absolutely. Education is lifelong. That has certainly been the case for me. Paul Check said he learned more from 35 to 55 than he did from zero to 35. I don't know how you quantify that, but I understand what he's saying. I have read, I read more in fighting than I ever did in my, my eight years fighting professionally. I read more there than I did through college and prior. And since then, in becoming director of human optimization on it and becoming a podcast host and really with, with the, the fire that is lit under my ass right now, I have continued to read more than I did all the way up through the end of my fight career in 2014. Uh, I think it was Twain or Einstein that said, don't let, don't let school get in the way of your education. Something along those lines. I know I butcher quotes a lot, but um, you get what I'm saying here. Super important. All right. How do we alchemize this shit? We talked about this briefly in the last podcast. If you want a deep dive on health and wellness, check out the Czech Institute's Holistic Lifestyle Coach Level 1. I took this back in the day. It absolutely changed my life. It fundamentally changed my understanding of health and wellness. And with what I'm about to break down with my immersive coming up at the end of January, many of the takeaways I've continued to live with since that. So highly, highly recommend that. They offer it online, which makes it much more affordable and very easy to do. Uh, I believe it's at the Czech Institute. I think code Kyle or KKP will give you a discount. But check it out. If it doesn't give you a discount, just say, and I came, like I said, it's very, very affordable, especially considered to the live ones. That will give you every tool you need to understand your body and your uniqueness and to be healthy. And from that place of health, we can think clearly. We can see the world as it is. And we don't live in fear of death or fear of getting sick or fear of this invisible boogeyman that continues to change its name over and over again some, for some reason following only Greek letters. The immersive at the end of January. I speak about this on Aubrey's podcast that releases January 5th. It is our first. Uh, we, we had a talk at the end of last year in Fit for Service and really listening to the feedback from a lot of our members decided to make the cores, we, we do trimesters, that the core trimester, the length of which would be shortened. And instead of four months long, because we, we realized that once people go to the event, which is 
that's the meat and potatoes of the experience. That's why people sign up. It's to meet other like-minded people. It's to find a community of people that you can grow with. And um, we have people from all walks of life. You know, not everyone in this community believes the thing that I believe about the world or about medicine. And that's okay. How do we, we all coexist. And this is a perfect example of that. We co-thrive, and this is a perfect example of that. But what we found is after the meetups, people would stick around for about four weeks, and then we'd see less and less of them online. And that's simply because we stretched it out too long. Four months is too long for any one single curriculum. So we've shortened that to about nine weeks. We've got a four-week lead-up. We have a five-day meetup. And then we have a four-week integration. With that, the coaches like myself will finally get time off, but we also have the opportunity to offer an immersive. An immersive is a smaller group of people between 30 and 100 that will deep dive uh, any number of topics. And it might be just a one-day event or it could be a five-day event. So I was prepped with this out in Sedona um, at our last major event, our last core event of the year. And it was right before we were going on uh, a soul journey, a soul wander with Miss Anahata Ananda led us through on the land in Sedona. And Sedona is a powerful place. And one of the things that I, I realized is I, I really did want to connect to an element and water in the desert is a big one. So I went and laid down next to a little stream. And uh, as the water was trickling in, I closed my eyes and I just laid there the whole time. And all of this information became present for me. The presence of it was that I was to... First of all, I needed this for myself. I know a lot of the things. I have a lot of tools in my toolbox, but I've never combined them all in one week. And I desperately want and need that reset. And I think what I've been teaching people through the podcast from various experts and medical, active medical doctors to experts in different fields is the alchemy of this. It's a lived experience. And the immersive's five days long. We're going to be doing a fasting mimicking diet. The title of which is called Your Full Temple Reset. And that's because the body is a temple, your mind and psyche is a temple, and your soul is a temple of which houses everything. So how do we activate all three of those? And this is where all these downloads started coming in. Fasting, as I mentioned previously, is one of the greatest tools for peeling layers of the onion back. It's one of the greatest tools we do for our health, but also a unique side effect is greater and greater levels of awareness. We think outside the box about problems we've been trying to solve for some time. We have a unique ability to see things with new eyes. And in those experiences, uh, it is much greater than the sum total of the fast itself, meaning how I respond intellectually, emotionally, is changed through the fast and throughout the fast. And by putting ourselves through something challenging like this, we have the ability to grow together. In some ways, it'll be more challenging because we're going to have 30 people with us. In other ways, it's going to be more uplifting because now we have brothers and sisters in arms that can do it with us. We're going to do the fasting mimicking diet because uh, I've done it before. It is fantastic. Dr. Walter Longo coined this term and... Um, medicalized it, unfortunately. He, he made it a prescription for his 1,000-calorie shake. But what he found out is by taking a 1,000-calorie shake once a day, warrior diet style, um, people showed all sorts of changes within the body that lasted for a very long time, 6 to 12 months sometimes. They would see a benefit to hemoglobin A1c, which, as I mentioned before, is a long-term snapshot of insulin and uh, carbohydrate tolerance. 
It's a long-term snapshot of metabolic health. It's not the only snapshot, right? Fasting insulin, fasting glucose, those are other ones. And blood doesn't cover it all, but it does cover a decent amount. So knowing that, I realized, hey, we're going to need people to be medically cleared. People are going to have medical questions that I can't answer. Waystowell.com is just one of my favorite, favorite groups of people. They're a telemedicine company. I had Brigham Bueller, the founder and CEO, as a guest on the podcast. You can find out more in that podcast exactly what they offer, but a brief synopsis is the fact that they're going to do blood work, and it's a much more comprehensive blood work than any general practitioner can give you. In addition to that, you'll get 45 minutes with one of the nurse practitioners to answer any and all medical and health-related questions. And a lot of their nurse practitioners have functional medicine backgrounds, meaning they know more than most general practitioners do. With that, you'll be able to order. If there's medications that you take that are prescription, you'll be able to order those from them. If you want peptides, hormone optimization, or even supplements, they make everything in-house. They have three compounding pharmacies based in Texas and make everything in-house. So you'll have blood drawn prior You'll have this consult prior. You'll get all of that ironed out. You'll be greenlit, or you won't be greenlit to do the fast, but you'll still be able to come. And once you show up, we're going to deep dive all of these practices that actually matter. We have a sauna being built right now on the Landon Lockhart with an 18-kilowatt heater that will cook us in the morning. Then we'll head out and jump in one of the frigid ponds in late January for our cold plunge. We're going to be doing Ziva meditation when you when you sign up online and you make the purchase, you'll be gifted a online education through Ziva Meditation with Emily Fletcher. Again, as I stated prior, like I cannot overstate the importance of this style of meditation. Uh, I have had done, I have had a podcast with Emily Fletcher in the past if you want to know more. Um, you'll be given a coupon to access her online education for life. That's included. And the reason for that is I want people to know this. I had a lot of tools, a lot of different meditation with apps and mindfulness and all these things, and none of them ever really got me to where I wanted to be with meditation until working with Emily. And I want us all to practice this style while we meditate, twice a day for 20 minutes. We're going to have soul wanders and be out on the land. We have 120 acres to get out to. That'll be time for integration. We're also going to deep dive core embodiment practices from mobility to strength really walking people through what does easy strength look like? How would you plan and program for yourself? How would you allow that to change over time by listening to your body? My goal is to have a lived experience for five days where we understand and feel the difference of practicing the practices daily so that when you go home, whether it sticks or not, you at least know I lived that and I can live it again at the next one or I can have the courage and the discipline to accomplish this from home. Either way, it will be a felt and transformative experience. My brother, Eric Godzi, one of the other core coaches for Fit for Service, is going to be there full time. He's going to be breaking down dream analysis and not just analyzing everyone's dreams. He's going to do that for you, but he's also going to teach you how to recall your dreams, how to write them down or do a voice recording, and how to view those from a Jungian standpoint to have greater levels of awareness and see what your psyche, your high self, is actually pointing towards. As, as little cues of where you're at in life to remind you of the direction and the path that you're headed on. Never done this before. It's the first time he's going to do it. Uh, you'll, he'll likely, this will likely be a request that we repeat this event because we are going to sell out having only 30 people there. There's no question. 
He's also gonna break down his journaling course. He released an online journaling course. You're gonna get that for free and he will give you the master level version of that in person where we will have time to journal each day and much of this will come down to how we manifest and create positive change in our lives. And with the journaling practice, with the discipline of doing this, we are going to track not just our dreams, but our goals. We are gonna see, am I actually achieving a 2% gain in each one of the things that I've laid out for myself as important, right? James Clear talks about this in Atomic Habits. When, the, when Pat Riley and the Lakers had their run in the 1980s, he didn't give a shit about all of his team becoming the best at rebounding or becoming the best shooters. He wanted 2% gain in each of the five fundamentals of basketball, shooting, passing, rebounding, defense, and dribbling. With the 2% better in each direction, if they were to accomplish that, they'd be unstoppable. And in large part, they did, and they were. And this is what we're going to ask of ourselves, and the journaling practice is really going to hone that. In addition to that, you're going to have access to us all day long. So we will have curriculum time, and we'll have non-curriculum time where we can hang and chat, and then we'll have time where no one's chatting and we're just doing our own thing. And with that, you're going to have full access to Eric and I. So if there's something we've left out or something that you want to know about that's not on there, we're going to deep dive it, and we're going to deep dive it for the group. That way everybody gets a chance to be heard and everybody gets a chance to have their questions asked and answered. At the very end of this, we're going to have a sound healing ceremony. I've done three fasts in the past for five days, two water fasts and one fasting mimicking diet, at the end of which I had some altered state of consciousness by design. And the reason for this is as, as my intuition guided me towards, once we've fasted, our ability to enter into an altered state of consciousness is so much more readily available and so much more accessible to us. So to time that in conjunction, uh, it would be a waste if we didn't do this, in my opinion. Um, and keeping things legal and where they're at, you know, if you have a prescription for ketamine or something of that nature, cool, you're welcome to bring it. It's legal. Uh, if you don't have anything, that's fine. We'll have legal tobacco variants from Hoppe to um, snooze to bags of organic tobacco that we can inhale that will also tune us in that are legal. And then we're going to have a sound healing ceremony, which I've done many of these. I've never done these at the end of a fast. And these have been some of the most trans transformative ceremonies of my life to combine the two. I know this will be one of the ways that we access spirit together. Since Fit for Service started, I've wanted to do ceremony with the members, but we haven't been able to figure out. We, we have been able to figure out a few legal ways like breathwork, shamanic breathwork and things of that nature. Um, but I wanted something else. You know, I wanted a different form of ceremony and now we get to access that together. This will be where we touch spirit and then we will ground ourselves with the first real meal we've had in five days. We're gonna eat a feast together. We're gonna start to write down everything which we've been practicing all week. So we're gonna have a really good hand and really, really good access to our words. From there, we'll wish each other off the next day and you'll get a one hour integration call with myself. And really this dovetails into our first core event, which is on the body as well and how that interacts and influences all other systems, mental, emotional, and spirit. So we've got it laid out for y'all. If you don't get to make it, that is the open source plan, you know, uh, is that, you know, we do discuss the open source plan of fit for service on Aubrey Marcus's podcast released January 5th. Our goal is not to make this available to the few. Our goal is that this gets repeated elsewhere, and that's why it is open source. 
and that our seedlings of consciousness spread to one another. And again, it may not be that you want everybody to change and become you. That's not fun. If you walked around in a world where everyone was you, that would suck balls. And at the core, that's the truth. <laughs> so, But on the outside, at God's fingertip, we get to have these unique avatars. We get to be individual expressions of God. And we get to love one another truly as, as these um, divine beings in bodied spirit that has the illusion of being different from one another. I hope you guys have come out to Fit for Service. Check it out, fitforservice.com. Again, you got questions about this podcast, please hit me up. DM me on Instagram, at livingwiththekingsburys. Hit me up on Zion. Again, if you sign up for Zion, that is where all my podcasts are. No matter what, they cannot be taken down. Um, I share more there than anywhere else because it cannot be taken down. It is a freedom-based platform that's backed on the cryptocurrency Lightning Network. Um, it's a phenomenal thing. I did a podcast with Justin Rizvani on that. Check that out. And you can also hit me up on Fit for Service Academy. That app is available now. And I post everything there. So just follow me. I'm one of the coaches, obviously. And I post as much as I can as far as these videos are concerned and things of that nature that are illuminating and at the same time can give us tools uh, going forward. Alchemy, alchemy, alchemy. This year has been about alchemy and about harmony. My intention for the entire year of 2021 is I am in harmony with myself, I am in harmony with my family, and I am in harmony with God, which is synonymous for the all. Everything I see, everything I don't see. And I believe I have stepped into harmony with that. I'll be working on my 2022 mandala and really getting into what my intention is for next year. This is an excellent time of year for you to do that as well. Review the year, see what went well, where were the wins, where were the losses? And in a time of uncertainty, how can you step into the remembrance that everything is right just as it is and start to work on the things that are not where you want them to be? And from that point, influence the world to shift in the direction. We must be the change we wish to see. I love all you guys. Uh, send me your questions on David Icke. I'm pumped for that one, January 10th. And um, we'll let it rip from there. Happy holidays. <laughs>